Ah, uh, hello, my friends. Hello, my life warriors. Wherever you are in the world, welcome to the Day In, Day Out podcast. Woo! Today, on episode 260, I am very lucky to have uh, Jenna Zeng on the podcast today. Uh, she is an entrepreneur, former, like, used to work in the fitness industry, but no more. And yes, apart from kidnapping the occasional child from parks, <laughs> yeah. She's genuinely a nice person. Mm. Hey, Jenna, how are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. <laughs> Happy to be here. Happy to be here. Uh, I, I see. Uh, on the run, day 365. Uh, yeah, still no. Mm-hmm. I, they haven't caught up with you yet. <laughs> <laughs> not yet, not yet. <laughs> uh, all jokes aside, yes, you uh, are one like. Are you the co-founder or the founder of StaffNet? I'm the co-founder. My other co-founder is Dwayne Johnson, not The Rock, but a different Dwayne Johnson. Um, and uh, unfortunately, he can't be here today. But yes, there's two of us. Mm. So now you used to work in the realm of fitness before. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Yeah. So fitness to like staff net what made you like oh hey you know what uh while you're doing those curls and uh doing those squats and stuff like this yeah getting getting you in the best shape of your life uh you know what this isn't for me i need to go out there and touch my entrepreneurial soul uh a little bit more what brought that on yeah it was kind of like a happy accident honestly and it's just funny where life takes you if you kind of let it right so Um, I was working in the gym and I was doing sales there. So I was selling memberships and basically the way that we approached that, there were people who walked in who wanted to buy a membership, but we were responsible for doing canvassing on our own. And so I would walk up to you on the street. I would be like, hi, do you want to try my gym with a three-day guest pass on me? And um, I'm going to show you around. I'm going to show you how to work out. And basically I'm going to try and get you to join the gym. And so from there, Um, we would do like a tour of the gym and all that stuff. And I'd show you all of the cool areas that you can work out, get you excited, you know, and these are people I'm literally dragging off the street. Right. And so, but I'm not kidnapping them, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, so, um, yeah, we do a tour of the gym and trying to sell them, you know, just the lifestyle and want to be a part of this gym, this community. And it just so happened that the cleaners that we hired weren't doing a very good job. And so, you know, this is my livelihood. I make commissions off of these memberships and I obviously want to make good money at the time. I was young and I was pretty decent at my job. And um, so I ended up starting to having clean the gym for the cleaners and same thing with my coworkers. And so we wanted to make sure the gym was looking as great as it possibly could for these tours. Mm. from there my assistant manager who is Dwayne Johnson he basically we were good friends and he approached me and two other people to start a cleaning business and so that was back in 2018 and at the time 
you know, I didn't really have that entrepreneurial spark necessarily that I was aware of, but he is very good at persuasion and basically persuaded me to start this business with him and two others. The other two fell off and it just ended up being him and I owning the cleaning business back in 2018. And from there, um, I was working my full-time job and I was also running the cleaning business every other available hour, weekends and evenings. So in our minds, you know, starting this business, we thought it's going to be easy. We clean the gym all the time. So we're going to get a really big contract like this gym. We're going to get employees. We're going to get product. And it's going to be gravy. It's going to be smooth, right? It's going to be super lucrative. <laughs> Worst reason to go into business is for money. First of all, I'm just going to say that because, um, yeah, it just didn't work out for us at the beginning very well when we went in with that mindset. Yeah. So, um, yeah, starting a business is so much more than, you know, hiring employees, getting products and getting contracts. It's, you know, doing the little things in terms of marketing. And then there's back end tasks to pay your staff, you know, track inventory, follow up with clients, schedule your employees, all these things. And so as we were kind of getting deeper and deeper and the load was getting heavier, we just realized that we had no time to actually continue to grow our business because we were focusing on putting out all of these dumpster fires all over the place. It seemed like day in and day out because we were having to do these small little tasks to basically continue operations. So like I said, scheduling employees, making sure clients are followed up with all that stuff. So had many platforms and basically um, it was just blowing my budget. It was crazy. I was spending over $500 on these different subscriptions to different platforms to run my business. And I was getting really frustrated because as a small business, I didn't have a lot of money to play with. And my priority was always to pay my staff first. And then whatever was left over, you know, was going to pay for these subscriptions. And we weren't getting paid. It was sweat equity at that point. So we were just, we were in the trenches really and truly. And um, there was a lot of growth from that and I, I wouldn't take it back, but it was definitely really tough. So a huge pain point was obviously having to pay for these different platforms. We, in 2019, reached out to some developers and wanted to create our perfect app software to run our business so that I could automate my day. So I could make these little tasks go away day in and day out. And I just kind of set an occurrence and it just happens naturally on its own. So we met with them, created a wireframe and basically put together my perfect software and app to be able to run my day. So this was just supposed to be art for us at the time. And then I think sometime in 2020, I had some aha moment and realized, you know, if I'm this small business struggling with this little issue with overhead costs, tracking my business, running my business and all that stuff, other people are struggling as well too, but is the market too saturated? So I wasn't sure. So then we ran a beta test. We had beta tests going on for around a year with different areas of business. So service sector, like a cleaning business, much like us, um, moving company, restaurants, personal trainers. And from there realized that um, there was definitely a need for our service. And then we decided to actually bring it to market. And that's basically how StaffNet was conceived. So it definitely was not the plan from the get-go. It just kind of all unraveled as we kind of went down this path of business essentially mm -hmm. like the thing what makes me chuckle is that look don't get me wrong like people who tend to look at the world of like the world of business entrepreneurship to make a sack load of money 
yeah, like for like there are people which can be successful at it, but unfortunately, if when you're going with the like I just want to make money mindset, you kind of miss the key point. Because it's like, okay, if you look at anyone who's being ultra successful or like just not even ultra successful, just successful, it's either good, goods or services. That, that, that's predominantly what it is. And if you don't have a goods or services you're providing, you therefore can't sell anything to anyone or there will be no need for your like presence for those people uh picking up that lesson must have been like oh wait <laughs> it's like cart before the horse what are we doing here totally yeah for sure and I think it was a really great lesson for us early on because then you know we came to a few points in our business thinking do we really want to continue this do I want to own a cleaning business cleaning yeah. is not my passion I don't wake up every day and pine to clean a bathroom, you know, but, um, I think where it led us is to something beautiful and it sparked my passion more so for, um, continuing my entrepreneurial journey and basically learning or finding my thing in life, like what I want to continue to do, which is being in the tech world. And I would have never guessed in a million years that I would have gotten there. So it was a tough lesson to learn, but it, we failed forward. That's what I always like to say. We were failing forward. Yeah. Because that is one hell of a quantum leap to take because look, okay. Membership sales is not a very easy thing to do, especially when it comes to a gym in the middle of summer uh, when no one has, <clears throat> it's like, it's the middle of summer, I don't care. Move on swiftly. Uh, to like go to like coming up with a wireframe for <laughs> like, yeah, for your like, come like your company. So with that, like, what would you say have been the sort of main, like what's been a major change from like membership sales for you to like basically, yeah, like soft, like SaaS development. Uh, yeah. What has that been for you? It's been a huge shift, right? Because I'm used to being one-on-one -on -one in person selling a product to, or a service like a membership to be able to use the gym, right? So I can really show you everything and do um, very hands-on demos with you and guide you through it. And I can be there as a support as well too. You know, you use your three-day pass and I can come in and I can do workouts with you. So it's very personalized. It's one-on-one. -on -one. We are in person mm. versus being in the online world. You know, one of the pros is you can reach anybody around the world, which is such a beautiful thing to be able to connect with people like yourself or whoever is a consumer for our product. But <coughs> through that, you have to learn how to market yourself in a different way. And that's been such a huge growing experience, looking at the psychology behind it, um, teaching people the benefits and how you can, how, when you're marketing your product, you're not marketing the features necessarily, you're marketing the problem that you're solving for the person, right? So you're hitting that emotional area with them, which is similar to selling membership sales because you want to hit that emotion and then basically people buy from emotion. But it's a different way of selling when you're going online. So you almost have to kind of step out of what you already know and relearn the process. So you know a lot, but it's like you have to unlearn quite a bit and then be able to 
understand different concepts and ideas of the online realm because it's constantly evolving as well too which is crazy exciting frustrating <laughs> all the above and now i can imagine and i i also like see it as you most like you have to learn a totally new language with everything you're doing uh, with yeah. regards to burn and churn uh, rates, uh, which go on on a day-to-day basis or a month-to-month basis. Mm-hmm. Um, like basically, like tranches, like getting to that new transfer funding if you're on that sort of page. Um, like, yeah. So with that, like you mentioned, yeah, you had to sign on like $500 for a number of subscriptions here and there each and every single month. People are like, oh, dang. Like, well, there's going to be people which go, that's a lot of money. Uh, but there's going to be also people like a, for, for a SaaS company, no, that's not a lot of money at all. Uh, from yourself, from your perspective, it hurts, if you go what I mean. Um, like, yeah. what would be, like, is it just purely advertising you're putting this towards? Or is it to other subscriptions, like, you never thought you would actually need, but do so for the $500 I was talking about for the cleaning business, that was going towards subscriptions like CRM, um, inventory tracking, employee scheduling. So all of these things that we needed, these platforms to be able to run our day effectively and professionally, right? Because we wanted to come across as um, somebody that was, that's been around for a while to compete with these megacorps, right? Because we have quite a few big companies in the Ottawa area here that do cleaning. So we wanted to make sure we could compete with these guys. We want to be ultra professional. So we're investing on all of the best products on the market, but it just broke our bank. So that's why um, we were spending so much to be able to compete. And that's where, you know, StaffNet came from our hearts. It's a project of passion, essentially. And we came at it from the angle now because it wasn't meant to be on the market initially that we want to be of service. So it's a completely different angle of business than we came in with the cleaning business and it's worked out so much better for us overall financially, but also coming from an area of service, we've been able to impact so many more people as well too. So that's been just so mind boggling and such a cool lesson to like really understand and learn. And it's just been unreal. Yeah. So what does StaffNet predominantly do? Because like this yeah. is what we're talking about it, but yeah. I think people like going, what does he do? <laughs> what do we do? Yeah. 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 So we automate your day essentially. So what happens with scheduling employees, at least for um, myself in the cleaning business, there were a lot of hiccups and mix-ups with clients. You know, our staff would show up late sometimes. Um, They might not understand the scope of work or how to access the building. So there are a lot of things going on, right? So we wanted to be, get rid of these issues and automate the process. So if there's a reoccurring job, you set the occurrence once and it's automatically going to reoccur every second week, three weeks, monthly, you do it once. So you remove the human error out of it and you automate your day so that the schedule is going to come out no matter what your employees are going to be able to see exactly what they need to be doing on X, Y, and Z. So that's a pain point that's gone. Right. And then through that, when you're alleviating these issues, these conflicts on the job site, your clients are happier, right? So then through that, you're going to be able to retain clients longer, have better reviews, all that stuff. 
through that, we also cut out the middleman with confirmations. So, you know, you don't have to be sending out emails every day because that's what I was doing manually. I was following up with clients for like job reports and saying, hey, just confirming we'll be on site today. All of these little things, even though it's a two minute email, they add up to be a lot of time. So through that, creating the automations, we've been able to save people five plus hours a week, right? So if you look at the course of a month, that's 20 hours a month that you're saving to be able to focus wherever you want in your business. So this could be um, scaling and growing on a different, bigger project that you've kind of been putting off because you don't have enough time, or maybe you just want to hang out with your family more. You want to be able to enjoy the entrepreneurial lifestyle and be at home with your kids and do whatever. So it's been able to alleviate those main pain issues by automation. In terms of automation, we do um, with a CRM reminders to follow up with your clients as well, too, because of sales. It might not be somebody's buying window, but we're going to remind you when it is so that you're never going to let anybody fall through the cracks again. You can keep tabs and notes as well, too. So it's literally an all in one platform where you can track everything for your business and be able to have it under one hub and not pay several subscriptions, but also not have to go to several websites to be able to run your business as well. Ah. Uh, Do you do sort of costings as well with that? Say if it was, okay, uh, with regards to your cleaning business, say if you go, okay, a cleaner, like which is being billed to a company would cost say $80 like for a shift. And like, so the person who's like using StaffNet would be able to see like all of the costs in one place and like, oh, okay, like this is how much we're gonna be expensing that month for using this service and everything like that. No, that's a great question. We don't have that yet. So with um, our software, we're gonna be doing a QuickBooks plugin. So uh-huh. be able to access your QuickBooks via the portal and that would be able to tell you everything because with the accounting software, it's so complex that we weren't going to add that into our back end. Yeah. We already have QuickBooks who does it really, really well, right? I've used QuickBooks for years. So we're just going to do the plugin to be able to kind of sync that up. Okay. So it's like basically magic box and then you can bolt things onto the site. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah, no, because like, this is the thing. I think what people don't sometimes realize if you can like master your organization, but more importantly, master your time when it comes to the realm of whatever business startup or life in itself, uh, yeah. you will be amazed at how far you go. You go 20 hours, saving 20 hours. Like, okay, 20 hours might not seem a lot, but accumulatively over a number of time, like, yeah, that's a lot of time you can help save and potentially a lot of money as well, you know? Oh, absolutely, right? Time is the most valuable currency. And I don't think it's viewed that way all the time. And I think it's very important as an entrepreneur to see that time is money. And so wherever you can make an efficiency and save that time so you can focus it to drive your business the way that it needs to go to grow um we're just the vessel that does that Mm, yeah like so with this and like basically what sort like looking at yourself when you went from sort of sales to basically to the cleaning to now staff net what is there like sort of one sort of element which you've constantly went this is my bedrock for all three of like all three different stages 
uh, of your career life or has it been a case of you've grown and developed in a particular way you didn't expect to? Yeah, so I've definitely grown and developed in a way that I never expected to, honestly. It's just, it's crazy because I look back and I call myself like baby Jenna, if you will, because it's crazy like how you evolve, like in terms of just believing in yourself and just being able to take a concept, an idea and like run with it, but have the confidence to do so as well. And I think there's so much growth in being an entrepreneur and it's not for everybody. And a lot of people really want to report to a nine to five and leave work and live their life. And there's some days where I'm like, that would be really nice, but (laughs) right. Cause like, sometimes it's just nice to disconnect, but I always come back to this is what I love to do. And so, yeah, it's, it's crazy the journey and how you can evolve and grow as a human being too, mm. because it's not just growing as an entrepreneur and becoming more savvy at business. It's becoming a better human being through the process. And that's something I never would have ever expected. Yeah, no, I can imagine because like, this is the thing, like when you like, uh, okay, be an entrepreneur, like, control your time, control your life. And yeah, everyone talks about the upside, but like no one actually goes like, yeah, if you are an entrepreneur, you might be doing a 12 hour day. You might be doing a 14 hour day. Uh, like, yeah, everything stops at your door. And as much as you would love to pass it off to someone, you, you can't. Like, how have you been, like, you've got your business partner, uh, Doreen Johnson. Not the rock people, not the rock. Uh, working <laughs> with you, uh, but like, yeah, how have you managed to sort of deal with that sort of pressure uh, on a sort of day to day basis? Lots of wine. Okay. You guys drunk people. So I make those calls. No, um, I think it's been a process for sure. And I wasn't always really dealing with it in a healthy manner in the sense that, you know, I was never able to really turn off. I was constantly thinking about work and, um, never taking time for myself. So through lots of, I guess, self-reflection, I've learned, you know, to put a time aside for myself to like work out, go for a walk in nature, all that kind of stuff has definitely helped me evolve to be able to deal with these things. But um, I think overall developing my leadership bone really, really helped. So to be able to teach my team how to be competent at their jobs, take pride in their work has definitely really helped alleviate a lot of issues. Um, Cause like you said, at the end of the day, if the client's not happy, they're at your doorstep knocking and they're asking what the issue is and how you're going to fix it. Right. So, and being in the service sector, you're, you always want to make them happy as much as possible. So being able to learn to handle yourself with grace, but also give, give yourself leeway too, right. It's okay to make mistakes. And it took me a very long time to not be so hard on myself to be like, Oh, that was so stupid. How could I have let that happen? And just fail forward and learn from what's going on because it's, it's almost like when you try to stop controlling everything, it gets so much easier. Ah, yeah, Yeah. I can imagine because like, this is the thing. And I don't like, I know this sometimes is like sort of levied at lady entrepreneurs a little bit more so than guys, like sort of like, like retaining one's identity uh, with everything which is going on. Like, hey, like it's like, oh yes, 
yes, you're a businesswoman. Yes, you're a, like wife. Yes, you're a mother. It's like all of these yeah. things, which I would say it's ever so true. Same thing with the guys. It's just one of those things where no one kind of talks about it when it's guys. It's like, going, yeah, they're a business. They, that's their business and they get on with it. Like, yeah. keeping that, like keeping your identity, knowing who you are, like in the moment, like what, like, is there sort of techniques or tips you've like learned because you've, you've went, yeah, I've had to like work on my leadership bone and everything like that uh, yeah. to like keep you like, well, I don't know, to keep you centered or like keep you like going on course uh, for your North Star. What would you say? Yeah. So staying true to yourself is obviously going to guide you to where you want to be in life. Right. And so it was really hard entering this realm of entrepreneurship business owner as a female, because I am this short five foot lady. Right. And then my business partner is six two, giant man. So when we're standing side by side, our staff look at him. And they don't look at me. And so I would speak and that, cause I was speaking about something in a meeting or how something runs and they're just looking to him for guidance constantly. Mm-hmm. And the way that they would speak to him would be much different than they would speak to me. Right. And there was a level of respect that wasn't reciprocated at times. So I almost had to step in a different into, Oh, I felt like I needed to step into a different personality um, at first because I needed to be this boss lady and like be business, business, business. But that ended up just backfiring because I just was cold to these employees. Right. And be, and they just didn't really warm to me at all, or felt like I didn't like them because I felt like I needed to be a certain way to carry myself at the same level that Dwayne was carrying himself because he just had this influence over people naturally. So I felt like I almost had to prove myself all the time in these meetings, even with clients too. little things like somebody would go always shake his hand first. And I would notice these little things. Right. But over time, I was becoming a little bit less butthurt about it and realizing this is just people's natural psychology. It just happens. Like they're not doing it on purpose. Right. And then once I kind of felt more confident in my skin and being kind of coming into my own, I felt like that little voice inside of my head that was, you know, nagging saying somebody's shaking his hand first, or they're not showing the same amount of respect, just really quieted. And I just became more confident in who I was. And when you exude that people naturally kind of gravitate towards that. So when I started being more like myself, like when I was around Dwayne alone or at home with my friends, it just kind of, like I said, when you're trying to not controlled as much and you kind of relinquish a little bit of control, everything just kind of comes and flows naturally. And so that was, again, another lesson. So I love that question that you just asked, because I feel like we hear a lot of things as being a female entrepreneur, that you have to be a certain way or act a certain way to um, demand respect. And it's not necessarily true. And being this different persona isn't, um, isn't really required if you just act and are like yourself and you're being a kind human being and you're coming from a place of good, it will, it will shine through. Mm, yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. And like, this is the thing, like, to, like, to, I think falling into, I think the trope, I think many people often fall into when, okay, looking at the picture with you, like, 
Uh, it's looking like it's an uh, old detective movie. Uh, basically, you're standing back to back. I was like, okay. He's like, going, come in this fall. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think... I, I think many people fall into that sort of trope. If someone, if they've got a not so much a larger than life partner, but they have this sort of gravitas around them, stepping up like, and when they do step up, it's either they go more extreme than what their personality truly is, and mm-hmm. they kind of lose themselves in it. And like, it starts. I would say. And no judgment on yourself, but it comes from a place of insecurity at first until you mm-hmm. actually start to find yourself once again. And then you can be truly sort of like the word is uh, it's used a lot on this podcast, but authentic uh, self. And that's the sort of challenge. I think people like, yeah, who are in that sort of realm of entrepreneurship. And I'd say, yeah, sometimes with the ladies, sometimes with the guys need to truly find themselves. And I think that's when people do truly warm to them. That's when they truly find their voice. And it's like, yes, rather than the handshake going to like, yes, you're rather tall compadre. Uh, like they'll just like, you know what I mean? Naturally come over rather mm-hmm. than sort of like, oh, there's something cold about her. Let me just take that step back. If you know what I mean. Yeah. And you definitely hit a chord there because I think, you know, when we're going into business, you read these articles or you listen to videos and you just mimic other businesses because you think this is what the market is doing. This is what I'm supposed to do as a business owner. I'm supposed to be very professional. I'm supposed to, you know, only just hold yourself a certain way, right? Mm -hmm. Versus being authentic to yourself in the way that you speak, right? Even the way that you kind of come across through your content and whatnot. And again, that was another lesson that we had to learn the hard way through marketing our business. At first we were doing all this hoity-toity language and I hated writing copy for it because I was just like, this is not me. And again, just like aha moment. I was like, I'm just going to write the way that I would write if I was speaking to a friend and I'm trying to help a friend and give them my product and like, just allow them to see how I can benefit them. And it works so much better. And so every time that I've kind of taken a step back, reflected, looked at what I was doing because I was supposed to be doing it, and then went the other direction, I felt so much better for it and worked out so much better in the long run. Mm, Outstanding, outstanding. So if someone like asked and went, hey, I'm looking to start my own business, Mm. What would be, what would be the sort of like first sort of tenant you would say to like to go, yeah, you should do this first or like, and this last, what do you think that, what would you say that would be? Um, I would say if you're thinking an idea, just do it. Just freaking do it. Just get started. So if that's getting your business license, if that's getting incorporated, just do these little scary steps to get the process and the momentum rolling. Because once you start going through these motions, it becomes so much easier. And it might be a total flop, but it might also be a total success. That's really up to your grit and your ability to continue to work at your idea. The last thing I would say is ask for others' opinions that are close to you, because those are the absolute worst sometimes. And they can really um, 
cause doubt, but also persuade you not to do the thing that you want to do because your gut will never fail you. It's going to lead you to where you should be or where, you know, at the end of the day, you want to go naturally. If you know, you have an entrepreneurial spirit, um, wherever it may be taking you. So I would say avoid talking to close friends and family about it. And basically, reach out to your community online. If you want to, you know, you can do a beta test and that's through like strangers essentially. But, um, what I found a lot is just go with your gut, do the thing that you want to do. And even if you fail, you fail forward. There's so many people start businesses and it's by their fifth business that they're successful. So I just say, do the damn thing, go through the motions. Yeah, no, I agree. I have to say, I do agree with you. Like, yeah, doing the small steps because what generally I've seen happen to a lot of people, they go, you know what? I've got this business idea. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to wait until I have the perfect, perfect design. I'm going to wait until the market conditions are absolutely perfect. I'm going to wait. And like they, like they go, they list off about five or 10 different perfect things that yeah. need to happen to like for them to spring into life and go, here's my business. Come on world. Let, let's go. And like the whole point is like perfection in my book is that it's the main ally to procrastination. It's like, because every time you wait for that perfect moment to come along, you're like, oh, right. I'm waiting for this. It's like, no, that's not going to be it. You're waiting. I'm waiting for that. That's no, that's not coming in together. And when you've played this, it's like, okay. And if by some chance the stars align and everything was like, yeah, did happen to that on that perfect moment. <laughs> it's yeah. like you know, you're like uh, they're not ready because they haven't done the like thousand and one different mistakes you need to do to like basically learn and grow <laughs> it's like so they're not actually ready for the moment anyway you know oh 100 100%, 100% and I think they're just really and truly subconsciously looking for excuses right but they don't realize that they're not intentional through their actions yeah indeed indeed and like this is the thing when you went yes don't like don't go to friends or family no don't do it i i always think that comes from the perception of how your like how your friends and family see you they always like when they yeah. see you this way and the whole thing is seeing you another way depending on who they are it could be, it might shine a light on their life, which they might not be happy with. Or it might be a case of like, oh, no, I really like you the way you are. And if you change, I don't know if I'm going to like that person. And it's like, going, so yeah, you stay that person. Shh, shh, don't worry about your business idea. Stay that person so we can still be friends or else <laughs> it's never said like that but the or else is always implied you know <laughs> yeah yeah totally and I think sometimes the doubts come from a place of love and I, I'm sure the majority do but like you said I think a lot of people um we all have a lens the way that we see life right it's yeah. all very unique to us and somebody's um 
something that happened previously experienced past experience. Maybe they had somebody who went into business and it failed and all of these doubts they're trying to overload onto you and it just doesn't help at all. So um, as much as they're trying to help, they're really not really and truly. So that's why the closest people to us when we were going through the beta test of staff net and stuff like that, we didn't tell anybody that we knew really and truly like our significant others and stuff like that obviously yeah. knew but um yeah like my family had no idea like zero idea until we launched and I was like oh yeah by the way I like launched uh, software <laughs> and they were so taken back they were like what so and they were like why didn't you tell us and I was like oh, I didn't think that you would uh support it <laughs> yeah and they were like oh yeah this is kind of weird though yeah (laughs) but it was true and like honestly I was right I was right and so now they're of course supportive but it's uh it's different after after everything's been done uh yeah you know what yeah everyone's uh, have a slice of the cake uh when it's been baked and put like the icing on it but hey no one wants to help make that cake (laughs) no nobody wants to be in the kitchen with you (laughs) it's like "Mm, oh it's hot in that kitchen no not today but (laughs) bring me that slice when it's done yeah that's a great analogy yeah but it's so true like look it's and like this is the thing like i you go really yeah look at i look at especially with in say the realm of youtube right youtuber okay being a youtuber was a thing it's a thing for the last like from 2008 up to present day that's when like youtube is like before that, before if you went to someone in 2007 and went, yeah, you can be a YouTuber and make money from it. They'll, uh, they'll say, what? <laughs> it's like, yeah. uh, are you crazy? Are you insane? Yeah. You're going to put these little videos up there and everything like this. And it always makes me laugh when you see the parents like talking about their, like how proud they are of their child, like becoming this YouTuber. So proud, so proud. And yeah. like, like, you're like, going, like kids look at them like, going, you remember when you like, going, you almost disowned me. <laughs> it's only when you saw this check coming and that check coming. <laughs> right. Yeah. It always makes me laugh. So yeah. It's like, yeah. no help making the cake, but yeah, when it's prepared. It's like, it's all gravy. Yes, I'll take a slice. (laughs) 100%, 100%. With like StaffNet, like where where would you like to see this go in the next few years? Yeah, that's a cool question. We get that asked quite a bit. Um, Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say we never really want to cater to the megacorps because we came from being a small business. We are still technically a small business with our cleaning company. You know, we're pretty successful, but I would still consider us to be like the little guy. And so I want to continue to cater and serve the little guy, but on a higher level, more accounts and stuff like that. We have our freemium account. So I'm really excited to see that grow. So basically what it is, it's one to four users and they get access to all of the features for free for a lifetime, as long as they're only four users. But the idea is to be able to help and support these businesses grow and thrive, and hopefully they continue on with us. And then, you know, they would have to pay at that point beyond five. But um, 
yeah, so I would love to see, you know, obviously conversions from that. And I would like to see more people joining on both kinds of accounts because at the end of the day, I want to help as many people as possible. Um, I spoke about happy accidents earlier in the podcast in terms of, you know, just the way life happens recently um, in my newsletters. So I do weekly newsletters and it'll link to our blog or something that I'm thinking about in business, uh, tips and tricks or a resource that I create. And what I did was I put a little button because I saw this in one of the newsletters that I'm subscribed to with a different platform said, if you'd like this email or have a question, reply here. I thought that's brilliant connection. I want to be able to just open that door and say, Hey, walk on in, like, let's have a chat. So I put that in the email and a few people replied to the first one. I thought, Oh, this is kind of cool. We might be onto something here. So I, you know, I just started these conversations and some of these subscribers are just, um, our clients, but some are people just subscribing to the blog. So they're not even clients of ours that are paying customers. So we have a good email base and yeah, just started having these very cool business conversations and started doing this free consulting. It's totally free. I'm just having like a 15 minute conversation with these people, but it's really cool because I'm learning so much from them. I'm sharing my knowledge and we're just kind of having a very cool conversation and being able to um, brainstorm ideas with them and give them some direction in something that, you know, they feel like they've been alone in for so long, because I think it is our duty to share knowledge at the end of the day, whatever you're doing in life, your job is to share knowledge, tell stories and help one another. And so that's, kind of where StaffNet is right now. We're in a place of service. And so I would love just to continue to see that grow just on a bigger scale. And so as of right now, it's selling our product, giving our product away for free on the premium, and then doing this side consulting and just having these cool little coffee breaks with these awesome human beings around the world. Ah, outstanding, outstanding. Because like, this is the thing, like, okay, there will be some people that are going, okay, yeah, like, okay, newsletter, like, okay, doing this, like, free consulting. Like, where, like how come she's not making any money off of that? How come she's not yeah. making any money off that? But, like, I think that if they just focus on that stamp, like, that point, I think they're missing the overall point. Yeah. Because for me, like, listening to you, it comes, I think it stems from the realm of, like, building a true community. Uh, within uh, like the sort of staff net network. Uh, please correct me if I'm wrong, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We want to create community. You know, we talked about the closest people to us not being supportive earlier. Mm. You know, we are in such a cool era where we can connect with anybody across the world. And now more than ever, we don't have to feel alone in business. And so I think it's really cool to be able to go online and find your people. And so we want to create a community and be these people of support for anybody feeling like they're alone, because, you know, I can tell you, you're not alone. We've all been through it in one way or another, and um, everybody has a solution or a perspective to provide. And so we just want to be that hub and that support and continue to do that. And it really fills my cup. And so that's why we continue to not charge for it. Mm -hmm. And I don't really want to ever charge for it because uh, like I said, it fills my cup. So as much as I'm doing a service for somebody else, it's doing a service for me as well too. Yeah. So apart from the newsletter, uh, how are you getting the word out? Because that's one of the greatest yeah. challenges for any business, uh, be it like, yeah, what you're doing to like, yeah, 
some multinational. How are you getting the word out there? Yeah, so um, when we launched, we did some hype beforehand and we were just a small little business coming out of a beta. We didn't really have any brand recognition whatsoever. And based on our name, people think that we're a staffing agency. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. So we're like, okay, crap. Like we need to kind of get out of this hole a little bit. Um, and so my one of my husband's clients owns a business here in Ottawa and he had done radio ads. And so just through talking with his client, he'll come home and tell me stories and stuff. He said, so-and-so is running this radio ad and he's gained three times the amount that he invested in the radio ad. And I thought, oh my gosh, that is such a cool idea. I'm going to do that. <laughs> Not a good idea, though, because we had no brand recognition, right? So we're hopping on. We're getting these radio ads. It's super exciting to hear our name on the radio locally. And, you know, I'm doing a little happy dance when I hear it every single time <laughs> sponsored by staff. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And then we had these sponsored um, posts as well through that radio. And we we're doing some paid ads at the time. So all of this money is going into advertising. I'm thinking, again, what am I supposed to be doing? I'm supposed to be paying a lot for marketing, a higher marketing budget to get things rolling. We go through close to $20,000 in marketing. And yeah, okay. <laughs> and we're a startup, by the way, bootstrap, no investors or anything like that. And basically didn't see much of a return because we had no brand recognition. And then great lesson. First of all, um, so again, in the nature of failing forward, we had basically no more money for advertising, nothing that I could justifiably spend. And so I thought, okay, what am I going to do? So I started doing organic marketing. I'm going to be the marketer. I'm going to put on my marketing hat and I'm going to go out there and just basically scream from every building top that StaffNet is here and then we're here to help kind of thing. And so how do we actually do that, right? So through that, we do um, blogging. And so on our blog, we'll search for keywords that are relevant, um, ones that you don't really have to try too, too hard for, but are within our niche as well. So we're going to hopefully pop up on the first page of Google, build that no like trust with Google as well. So we kind of fall into that algorithm and posting on different platforms as well. So cross posting. And we'll always link back to our blog as much as possible. So through that, um, you know, SEO, we then teamed up with an SEO company here. So we did invest a little bit of money to do some paid ads with Google because then they're going to search for positive keywords and negative keywords. And this is what they do day in and day out. So it's definitely worth the investment if you're able to, because it's really, really cool to be able to track those metrics. And then um, going back to the organic marketing, we do guesting on podcasts like we're here and being able to um, show up on somebody else's platform and speak to their audience. But then our, our audience also hears the podcast as well, too. So it goes both ways. Then we do guest posting on different publications as well. So, you know, you can reach out to whatever you read. I love Business Insider. So you can pitch your ideas there. Um, if you really want to go shoot for the stars, you can pitch it to Forbes. Literally anybody you can find their email, like for an editor, you can pitch to them online nowadays. It's 
bananas. It's super cool. Um, yeah, so that's another way we do a lot of collaborations and endorsements. So building connections with people on different platforms, like we use Alignable and LinkedIn to be able to connect with other CEOs, business owners, and build those connections um, and leverage their audience again when they endorse our product. They do a post about it. We maybe give them uh, like a couple months for free or something like that, or just a free account in general and costs us nothing really and truly. And they're just putting out the word for us. And those would be like the main ways that we generally do that. And content on uh, social media as well is another free way to go about it. You don't have to pay for paid ads if you don't want to, if you're creating really good engaging content, um, hashtagging and stuff like that on Instagram and whatnot properly, it can definitely go a long way. So that's how we've built our platform of online marketing. And we've made probably five times as much as we made with the paid marketing, with our organic marketing. <laughs> you must be like, it, wow, it's uh, a 20 grand lesson learned. By the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know yeah, it's a like, lesson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, like, uh, okay, doing all of that because being on a radio ad in the Ottawa area is being on a radio ad in the Ottawa area, which is great. But yeah. it seems like with all the work you're doing, having backlinks, uh, doing this like SEO, uh, like getting onto other people's blogs. Yeah. You're casting a much bigger net, uh, even like into areas where you're like, I'm, these people most already have no need for it, but still we're there. <laughs> if they are ever in the Ottawa area, they, here we are. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, we reach so many more people being online with this organic marketing. And it's just like blown me away that how it continues to grow and evolve and making these connections online. Mm, Yeah, like one of the things which I do find interesting, you didn't like sort of like, oh, yes, you mentioned Instagram, but you didn't like, oh, yes, we purely do social media. And like, you know what I mean? Because like there are people which are like, oh, yes, they, they, they'll, they would pray to the social media gods and they go, yes, it's all about social media. That's the only way you get growth. That's the only way you make things happen. But you've mentioned blogs, you mentioned everything like this. Like to me, when I look at social media, I believe it's important, but it's also rented land. You're doing all of this on and in a blink of an eye, it and it you don't need to say anything controversial just like an admin mistake and they take away your account and mm. that's gone <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. um so is it a case of that's the reason why you don't want to just be beholding to like um social media or it's just you just see value in being everywhere definitely more value in being everywhere um with the seo it works really, really well if you do it properly. It is t- quite time consuming to be able to search for the keywords and find out, you know, how, who's ranking for them and all that stuff. So if you're not into doing that kind of research, it's definitely not going to be for you. But when you do get down to that rabbit hole and you niche down and find these keywords and you end up on the first page of Google, you're, the floodgates open. People are coming to you as a known resource and saying, these people know what they're talking about, Right. Another thing of organic marketing that I forgot to mention is the subscriptions from our website, 
right? So being able to have people have a really good opt-in on your website and having people give over their email address, it's such a huge thing to ask for. And I think we don't value it enough when somebody gives you their email because they're saying, hey, I'm allowing you to contact me. And so from there, that is massive. Every time we get a subscriber, I still get the emails directly to my email nowadays. Just, I like to see, I like to see all of these new subscribers coming because it does fill me, like fills my cup. And I get excited because I'm like, oh, these people are, they want to hear from us. They want to engage with us. And so um, that level of organic marketing newsletters and stuff like that goes so far. And I don't think there's enough um, spotlight on that nowadays. Yeah, because like this is the thing, like, okay, also with regards to every focus being on social media, yeah. I think much or many people forget the power of just having an email list uh, mm-hmm. uh, to sort of leverage that group of people to take like, go, okay, if you do this, like, here we go, here's the newsletter. And I don't know what this sort of open rate for you, you don't need tell me or anything like this but the likelihood of them acting and doing something which you present to them must be considerably higher than any sort of Facebook ad you like might run uh, on Facebook yeah especially so you do a call to action in a social yeah. media post right and you have your followers but then in similar thing like perspective with um, email marketing, you do a call to action, but there's literally like a button there. You can give them a link right there. And Mm -hmm. it's just so easy for them to go back to social media. It's scrolling, scrolling, scrolling email. It's like right there in your email. Bam. I make a really good subject line. You want to open me and I have your attention for hopefully 10 to 20 seconds. And I want to make you click on that link and go do whatever the call to action is essentially. Right. So I feel like the engagement is a lot better with email marketing. If you do it properly versus social media, it's just so saturated. There's so much going on. Um, and you do have your followers, but those can fall off really easily versus emails. People might ignore your emails because they say, I don't really want anything from StaffNet right now. And they could have unsubscribed, but they're more likely to delete than unsubscribe for a while, right? And if you're providing quality content, people will not want to unsubscribe. So I think we need to value these subscribers a lot more and provide value. And even though their buying window might not be right now, it's not never. So you're just kind of warming that lead until... Oh, staff net's there. You're, you're popping up constantly versus having to put all of this attention onto social media and compete with the algorithm and ever-changing things going on over there. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Now, with like your strategy of getting the word out, was this instantaneous or did it take a little bit of time to get relation time? Yeah. So we stopped the radio ads end of January and that's when I started doing the organic marketing and we only really saw a solid flip I'd say at the end of May Ah. so you're doing work and you're constantly thinking am I crazy is this gonna work like am I doing all of this work for no reason and again it goes back to trusting your gut and not following what the market says to do and saying I'm putting in the reps I'm doing the work right now and 
hopefully comes to fruition in the near future. And there's, there's a good quote by Oprah. It says, there's no secret to success. It's just hard work. And that's what I always remind myself. If I keep on showing up, I keep on providing value. I'm being of service. It's going to pay off. Mm. So it did. <laughs> oh, I hear you. I hear you. Because I, this is the thing. Uh, yeah. Showing up, doing the reps, the hard work, the grind as they will. Like many people always kind of look for oh, what's the magic, what's the magic trick? What's that, what's that magic bullet? What's gonna like, yeah, I need it now. I need that instant, instant hit. And like when you kind of like go, okay, why do you need it instantly right away? Ah, like I've, I've got bills to pay and everything like this. Okay, didn't you have some type of contingency for X amount of time? No, I didn't. Uh, it's like, okay, may, maybe you should go back to maybe having a job for a little bit. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, keep that wolf from the door. But nothing great, nothing mighty comes from instant work. It doesn't exist if you want to kind of like look at anything which has been around for like time and memorial or like it doesn't exist in like a click of the fingers and i think that's what many of us forget, uh, forget as a society like uh, yeah it doesn't happen in an instant it takes time it takes hard work and if you're kind of looking at it from the standpoint of what you're built like your business, your crew, like everything like that is going to be a cathedral. You might be, you might start it, but you might not actually see the actual finished product. Uh, for example, like, like you take a look at the person who started Coca-Cola. They mm. sold something like 14 bottles in their first year. 14 bottles in their first year. And you go, right. If you told them what Coca-Cola would be, in 2022 even that it'd be around in 2022 you're like all oh, right they're like oh, what <laughs> it's like yeah <laughs> it's like yeah. wow yeah it's unreal it's unreal and i like you said i think we're in such a culture of instant gratification especially with social media nowadays because you're just talking about that you want the likes you want the instant no like um I guess, glory in what you're doing because it all is like the highlight reel. And so I think sometimes we focus on that too much where we need it now um, and we're unwilling to wait for delayed gratification. And that's one of the things that I've been working on the last little bit is delaying my gratification for certain things because if it's having like my sweets or, um, you know, (laughs) being able to do certain things um, because I think, when you strengthen that muscle, you become a lot more savvy in business and you're, you're in it for the long game, essentially. And that's what you need to be doing in business to begin with. You need to be in it for the long game because if you're looking for a get rich quick scheme, get out. Like you, there's no room for you in business. Yeah. One of the things which has just come to mind, which I think maybe give like give you and your business partner an advantage over other people with regards to knowing it takes it it doesn't come instantly and it takes time and takes a lot of work it's the fact that you are in fitness that you know to get those results to get those gains are with gains with a z not s with a z (laughs) (laughs) 
it takes like you get someone coming in and go yeah i want to change my life ah like i'm 100 pounds overweight bam it's like right you know you know it's not going to happen in two days you know it's not going to happen in a week you know there ain't going to be this also like viral moment where you've got this tremendous amount of success because yeah in a week's time they might be 98 pounds overweight in like three weeks time yeah still like maybe they've fallen back and they're at 110 or uh, but you know if they do the work they put in the effort bit by bit yeah they can ob- like they could obtain their goal it's just a case of they just need to show up, do the work, and yeah, maintain their discipline. So I think that's one of the things you guys have an advantage over. I would say most other people in the realm of business because they see it as this: oh, you can like they don't actually see the work for what the work is. If you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's so many. Um... There's highs and lows in business, but when you're in the lows, I think it's so hard to stay disciplined and stay on course and not um, want to reach for the shiny object and do all of these, I call them half-built bridges, because that's what leads to an unsuccessful business when you're trying to do so many different things because you see somebody else doing it. They're really successful with um, this click funnel or you know they're doing this form of marketing over here um overall i think if we don't stay on course to what we should be doing and stay disciplined and put in the reps where we've committed to going Mm -hmm. then your business is not going to stay on course you're just like literally going in circles yeah no because like this is the thing and like i i'm not one of these people who are a doom or a naysayer or anything like but like, I think we are heading for a time of economic hardship on the horizon. And I think a number of people which, okay, let's, let's, not, let's not lie about it. From like, let's say from 2010 up until sort of more recent times before like the, we, like the, like the whole planet has been on this sort of hot streak of like, yeah, we've been in a, like the good old times. Uh, like the whole sort of realm of recession. Uh, what? <laughs> let's not talk about tw- like 20, uh, 20, 2008. That was like, yes, that time. Yeah. But I think we are heading towards a recession. And I think, I think a number of people who've not experienced that, I think are about to get a rude awakening and a, one hell of a bloody nose, uh, to say the least, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think it's from, um, you know, obviously we need to become more knowledgeable about these types Mm. of things. And um, overall, I think being disciplined, but also investing in ourselves, I think is a great way to avoid that as well, too. So, you know, if you're in your business and you don't know how to do marketing or how to do accounting, take a course. It's just like, it's so simple. It's like these little things that people fail to do. And they're like, Oh no, I need to hire somebody. Or, you know, maybe we just don't focus on marketing and all that kind of stuff. And it's just, it's just so silly. Um, I think sometimes we look for these big elaborate answers and it's just like very simple solutions in business. Mm, I hear you. I hear you. Now I asked about, yeah, earlier in the podcast where you would like to see StaffNet go. Uh, over the next few years but 
let's put staff net to the side for one moment. Where would you like to go in the next few years? Where would you like your journey of life uh, to take you? I would love to live somewhere warm 24 seven. First of all, <laughs> it's very cold here in the winter and I'm not for that. <laughs> um, but in all truthfulness, I would love to be doing what I'm doing right now. Um, I don't want to be wearing all of the hats in my business and we're slowly um, getting to a place where we don't have to wear all of the hats. You know, we have our developer team where we have a few people on staff here now, but at the first it was literally Dwayne and I wearing all of the hats running everything, which I do believe is so important in any business so that you can understand um, how your business runs. But um, I would love to be a lot more hands-off and just kind of being overseeing things and being more of a leadership role and seeing the team grow. So um, yeah, somewhere warm, working remote, popping into the office every once in a while to be able to see our team and stuff like that is really important, I think. But uh, yeah, for me, just more of a leadership role and who knows, maybe we'll start another business in the future, but as it stands right now, StaffNet is my newborn. It's still my newborn. I still love it. I, it's my baby. I wanna stick with it for quite a while. When you say somewhere warm, Stateside or Caribbean? Definitely Caribbean. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah, like this is the thing. Yeah, more of a leadership role. I was curious, like, yeah, which, like which sort of role you would want to adopt more as on a personal level. But yeah, more of a leadership role and like take things forward from there. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Um, with that. Like, okay, I have to ask, like, if it was a case of, if you weren't doing this right now, where do you think you would have been? Like, what do you think you would still be in the gym doing sales? Or what do you think life would have looked like? What would your sliding doors moment be? Mm, oh, gosh. I don't. I would hope that I would have gotten to where I am as an entrepreneur. And I think I would have, mm. um, but I can't say that without doubt. So um, I think Dwayne definitely had a big role to play in um, kind of invoking and sparking that in me. But yeah, I honestly, I feel like I would still be at the gym really and truly. I definitely, I really liked my job. It was really cool to see the whole process, the evolution of somebody coming in, purchasing the membership, getting fit and just enjoying their life more. Right. And you talked about discipline before somebody comes in, they say, I want to do all of these things. They have these big audacious goals. Um, and you can usually pick out the ones that were going to follow through and that weren't going to follow through. And I was pretty spot on with a lot of them because we, we see all of these people every single day, right? Um, all different types of people. So yeah, I think I definitely would still be in the gym world, um, I have the admin background, so maybe I would be in an office somewhere, which is probably like a literal prison sentence to me because being stuck to a desk would kill me being in an office. Uh, have you ever seen the movie Office Space? <laughs> no? Okay. Well, if you get a chance, watch it. That's, that's how I feel about it. But, um, yeah, so I honestly, I hope that I would still be an entrepreneur, but I don't know if I would have ended up on this journey and it's just kind of scary to think of that mm, i hear you i hear you um, 
now my final question like what has been something which has brought you gratitude in the last say three months in the last three months yeah i would say my toddler he teaches me so much every day in terms of believing in myself you know when they start to learn to walk and they just stand back up like with no fear at all they just go at it again it just that brings me so much gratitude to be able to watch it before my eyes because it's so inspiring we fall so often in business and then we become jaded and scarred and we don't want to get back up because we're scared of fear of uh, rejection of what people will think about us um, and so my, I'm so grateful to watch in front of me this little human evolve and just come into the world which is such genuine intent to learn and be open to failure it's just so beautiful to see and it just reminds me as a human that it's okay to fail. It's okay to fall. Um, you know, he teaches me to be persistent. You know, they ask 7 million questions a day and you tell them no to touching certain things and they still like go for it. Obviously that's not ideal, but it just teaches me that persistence, you know, can pay off in certain cases, you know, when he asks 10 times to go outside and maybe on the 11th time he'll ask, I'm like, fine, let's go outside. <laughs> you know, we'll go for that walk. Finally. Um, definitely teaches me to become persistent, believe in myself and my capabilities as well too. So I, it's just, yeah, it's an invaluable lesson that he taught me. Beautiful. Beautiful. Ah, uh, <laughs> can you tell the lovely people how they can find you out on these worldwide webs? Yes, on the World Wide Web. So we have our uh, website, staffnet.ca, and we have a really fun blog up there. Something that I still do personally. Nobody else on the team gets to touch that. So um, it's just everything from my mind that kind of comes out onto the blog and anything that I think of is of value to share with any entrepreneur, human being that wants to become better, build habits. Um, and then we have the Instagram for StaffNet. So that's at StaffNet. But then if you want to follow me personally, I'm at Jenna Zhang on Instagram. And those are the main places that we hang out as well as LinkedIn. I should, shouldn't forget LinkedIn. Um, StaffNet scheduling is our LinkedIn. Ah, awesome. Ah, Jenna, I've got to say thank you for coming on today. You have been a superstar. Uh, yes, uh, we haven't gone into the realms of how you hide your bodies, but that's another story. <laughs> like that. The snow, under the snow. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, PD, I've, I've done my job. Come on. <laughs> get rid of that evidence now there you go yeah. <laughs> yes. on that happy note i'd like to also say thank you to you my friends my life warriors for sticking with us to the end of the show please stay safe stay well be awesome be excellent be fantastic be all the positive bees you can be in this world and then some have a great day guys have a good one yes peace and we are